everybody, thank you for joining us for today's episode of Certainty Talks. On this show, we talk about certainty, a topic that always feels important, uh, but uh, feels more important today than ever before, but always, always an important topic. We got my good friend and business partner in the Whale Club here, Mr. Paul Sparks. Now in the game in your favor. Now, I am on a mission to create 100 millionaires. The information on this podcast alone is enough to help you, come, help you become a millionaire in the next five to seven years. If you'll take consistent action, you will become one. And if you get value out of the show, please share this. Keep that loop open as long as you can. I promise you we will at some point close that loop with you. And please write your takeaways in the live chat after you've had a chance to think about it. Put your six-word update in the comments below on the YouTube channel. So today, Paul and I will be talking about maybe some feelings of resentment, whether in your previous business partnerships or potentially your existing business partnership and how there's some tools or some application we can help you with that. Now, before we get into that, Let's go to six-word updates. Paul, what'd you got? My six-word update is under contract to build 18 townhomes. That is exciting. Yeah. Talk about upside plays, right? Yeah. Um, and we're going to talk about that business relationship that I have with these you know, partners in, in that business and how this idea of the 70-30 rule for business partnerships has worked extremely well. For, for that particular uh, business relationship. And it allows you to do you know, bigger deals and, and stay playing your game. Um, so I'm excited to talk about that today. All right, awesome. For me, my six-word update is no evidence does not mean non-existent. And so you know, we talk about sales leadership. And like so many people are like, well, can I afford to spend money to invest into my team? And the problem is you never see how much it costs to not invest in your team, right? Mm. What does turnover cost? What does lost contracts cost? What does lost opportunity cost? We never look at that because it doesn't show up on a PL, right? And because it doesn't show up on a PL, no one really looks at it. So don't look for evidence before you make a decision. Sometimes no evidence, sometimes a lack of evidence could be a, what's it, a false negative. Mm. Well, it's, it speaks so well to our conversation we had on here last week around, you know, not paying attention to the downside mm -hmm. of your decisions. Oh, yeah. We're always looking at the upside. But what you're saying here is like, you know, there's a tremendous amount of downside associated with this, but it's really hard to quantify. Right. Exactly. How do you go and measure it? Because it's not a measurable. Uh, it's not, it's, you can't go into QuickBooks or your bank account <laughs> and, and look at it directly. So, yeah, and humans aren't wired to look at it from that perspective. We're we're like, you know, we're only looking at the upside. Mm -hmm. And cuz and we spend all of our time trying to quantify that and and that's what Dan's done is he's he's tried to rewire our brain to start paying attention to like if we can just eliminate the downside, all we're left with is upside. Exactly right. So, feelings of resentment in your previous or existing business partnership. Have you ever felt that, Paul? Yes. Um, and I don't know, you know, I don't know what makes us think that even 
is the best way to go about this. But, you know, that's that's every business relationship that I ever entered into was a 50-50 partnership up until maybe about a year ago. So let's um, talk about the the feelings or the experiences in getting into a, into a business partnership. What, what are some down negative feelings that you associate with that? Well, I mean, the, the number one thing is I, I think it could be summed up in like, you're not pulling your weight. Mm -hmm. You know, there's this expectation when there's 50-50 that everybody that those two people or maybe there's four people involved that everybody's pulling the exact same amount of weight. Yeah. But that's almost never the case. Right. Well, I had a, my, my very, very first partnership was me and my three best friends. Right. We're all 25% partners. Mm -hmm. And there's a happy ending here. We're still friends. Right. We dissolved that relationship. We're still friends or that partnership. But we're still friends. But there were definitely some pretty intense meetings <laughs> about like, hey, you're not carrying your share. What are you doing over there? It seems like we're doing all the work and you're just kind of cashing the checks. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's what we see the majority of people do. And and it's everybody wants 50%. I think that has a lot to do with, you know, you don't want to get left behind. You don't want to give up, you know. Uh, so my mom's an attorney and I've talked to her you know, countless times about just different business relationships. And she would always tell me like, if you're going to do 50, 50, at least do 51, 49, mm -hmm. like at least make it so that like, either you have very clear on, you know, I either want 40, she wants me to always have 51%. Mm -hmm. Right. And I'm sort of like, well, now I think about it a little differently. I don't want an even partnership. I don't want it to be very, uh, uh, the expectation that we all pull our own weight because that's almost never the case. We all have different things in our life that happen. You know, some of us have a uh, wife and kids. Some of us really like to travel the world. Some of us have businesses that others don't. And it's just hard to account for all those variables. Well, I mean, and we're talking about, rarely, I think, was it last week, the week before, we're talking about timer, right? Like we all have, bring something different to the table, right? Some exactly. of us have more time. Some of us have more influence. Some have more money. Some have more energy. Some have more relationships, right? Uh, some like to travel, like you mentioned a moment ago. Some have wife and kids, right? Like if you got a wife and kids, um, right, and you're pretty, your your time is not as rel as as available, right? And this other guy is a young single person, they got all the time in the world. Mm -hmm. Or someone, you know, I think we were talking about, uh, we're gonna get to your townhouse situation, right? Maybe someone brings a lot of money to the table. Maybe someone brings a lot of wisdom and expertise, and that's all they bring. Mm -hmm. So anyway, continue. Well, I just think that it comes down to there's very few situations where it's where it's even. And, and let's bring this back to the barbell concept. Mm -hmm. You know, we've we've talked about the barbell many times on this show. But for those who haven't heard us reference it, it's a framework for removing risk. Um, and I know that that doesn't sound super like, you know, trendy or whatever. But like that is the essence of what's in this book, Rigging the Game and what what we were just talking about a second ago. We don't tend to pay attention to the downside. We want we go into these partnerships with the best of intentions. Everybody's really excited. We're going to split 50-50. We're inspired you know, and motivated. And man, this is going to be awesome. Let's nothing, go take on the world. Nothing bad can happen here. Right. <laughs> yeah. So we're paying attention to the upside. Classic, right? Classic mm -hmm. stuff. Only looking at the upside. But what do we know? I mean... Most marriages end in divorce. I know that that sounds bleak, right? But like a lot of business partnerships do the same. 
you know, and mm -hmm. uh, and it's I think it has a result. It's a result of not properly one paying attention to the downside. Here's the things that could come up, but also not defining and setting those things, uh, those rules. We call that the commissioner frame, defining up front how we're going to have how we're going to deal with certain things, who's responsible for what. Maybe it sounds obvious, but, you know, I I've made this mistake many times. Well, this is one of those things that's really obvious. After the fact. Sure. Right. There's so many things that are so obvious after the fact. So someone that's listening right now, they're newer in real estate and they don't have the money, right? They don't have the experience and they meet someone at a meetup at a RIA. Hey, Paul, good to meet you here. You know, I'm working my job. I'm trying to quit. I want to invest in real estate. You're trying to do the same thing. Let's partner up. 50-50, and we'll just kind of spread the resources, right? Or spread the responsibilities. So I guess what are the questions or commission, you're talking about commissioner frame, what are some things that they should be asking themselves before they agree to, before they even proceed with that 50-50 conversation? I would, again, this is, this is all concepts that I learned recently from Dan. So this is all new stuff to mm -hmm. me. And I've been reorienting my life around this. Um, and, and, and let's just jump right into it. Like we call this the 70-30 rule. Mm -hmm. And the idea that Dan approached us with is like, well, it's almost never 50-50. Right. And nor do I want it to be. I will, I, you know, think about the barbell. 50-50 bets, in my, in my opinion, are loading the weight in the middle of the bar. Yeah, it could go well, but it could also go really terribly. Mm -hmm. Right? That's what we mean when we say loading the weight in the, in the middle of the bar. So either we want to be on one side or we want to be on the other. And so that one side represents 30%. The other represents 70 Right? And there's the barbell uh, showing up again in this particular application. Well, I guess the question here for the two newer people is like, but because you touched on it in the very beginning. He's like, but, but Paul, I don't want to give up more than half. Right. Well, I think that is has a lot to do with the biases. And actually, uh, this next week in the Whale Club, as you know, we're getting ready to really dive into understanding our own biases. But I feel like a lot of that has to do with a sense of FOMO, like you're missing out on something, mm -hmm. right? If I take 30%, oh, well, I won't have control. I won't have decision-making. I won't be able to uh you know to make more money or something like this this person's getting more than me why would i want that and i think that's what we're going to spend the rest of this show talking about why it's better to either align yourself with 30% or with 70% and that starts by setting clear expectations on the front end of what does that mean to take 30% and what does it mean to take 70% right okay so the commissioner frame we're going to decide the rules i mean i guess for me right cuz I know for, for sure myself, when I first started, I had a lot more scarcity mindset. I don't want to give up more. I don't want to give up more than, than half, right? But obviously now we know there's a great reason for it. And part of it is a very, very clear expectation, right? Yes. So you want to talk about the, the, I guess, the upside or the, uh, the reasons for the 70-30. What were the things that we've learned that this makes sense? Yeah, well... Um... I'll, I'm just going to briefly touch on, we're going to come back to the commissioner frame, but Dan calls this uh, another frame. He calls the parenting frame, mm -hmm. which is really how do I prevent 
bad things from happening. So you put yourself in a position of a parent. You know, a lot of us listening to this are parents. Maybe you're not a parent, but I'm sure you could understand that as a parent, you don't want bad things to happen to your kids, right? You're trying to prevent bad things from happening to them. And that's the same way that we want to approach anything that we do in business is first ask ourselves, well, how do we prevent bad things from happening? Um, one of the things that can go wrong in a 50-50 partnership is this whole concept of you're not pulling your weight. Mm -hmm. That's a bad thing. That's a that's a uh, you know a virus that will infect that relationship. It's pretty, pretty hard. I know you can work through it, but that sentiment once it starts percolating to the surface, it's pretty hard to remove. Right. Yeah. And one of the ways we can prevent that is just don't do a 50-50 deal, right? And, and I should, I should, there's a caveat to this. I'm speaking more towards new business relationships. Now, if you've been like Nick and Dan, for example, they have a 50-50 partnership. They've been in business for quite a while, right? They each understand the strengths of the other. They've tested this. They, they've worked it through, right? And there's a lot of... Uh, a lot less risk for them doing it that way because mm -hmm. they've worked together for such a long time. Right. We're speaking more towards new business relationships. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that we need to do is try to prevent bad things from happening, right? The way you do that is get stuff out of the middle of the bar. A 50-50 relationship with someone you've never been in business with or maybe have done one business with before is the definition of leaving yourself exposed to risk. Yeah. Well... Especially, right? I mean, you look at most operating agreements, right? Like 50-50, both parties have signing authority. They're both decision makers. There's no tiebreaker. We got to agree. <laughs> it's got everything has to be consensus, right? Yes. Um, especially maybe you got a 50-50 business partnership where one guy's married. Now, <laughs> now you can get buy-in from multiple people. It, yes. it inserts all sorts of complications. Yeah. So you can prevent bad things from happening mm -hmm. in your business relationships by just setting clear expectations up front and aligning more with the barbell by getting things out of the middle. You know, so with that being said, we're, we're going to say that our barbell looks like this. You've got 30% on one side, you've got 70% on the other side. So let's talk about the 70% because that sounds, that sounds awesome. I do want 70%. Mm -hmm. What are some of the reasons why you might want 70% in a business? Um, I would say as a person that um, my younger years, I would have the idea and I would execute the idea. I would run the idea. It's my dream and I'm executing my dream. And all I need from you, Paul, is some words of wisdom, some guidance here and there, potentially the money or additional resources. Yeah. I mean, it's sort of like, uh, it's very clear that the person that has 70% is running the show. I'm the one making the decisions. I don't really need your decision. Mm -hmm. Of course, I value you as a partner. I say you, you value I'm my input. Speaking, I'm speaking generally, right? right? Like I value the 30% partner. That's why you're here. Mm -hmm. But it's the same reason why my mom would tell me you either want 51% or, you know, you don't want 50-50 because there has to be a tiebreaker. We're not always going to agree. Right. Right. So who's going to actually decide this? Well, the person that takes 70%. There's also an expectation that if you're taking 70%, you're taking the majority of the risk, right? 
reliable upside with upside typically comes with more risk. So Uh you're the one doing the work. You're the one that's going to put your time and, you know, the timer model. You've got maybe more reputational risk. You've got more um, attention risk, probably more money risk, potentially. It could be. Maybe it's not. Um, but you're, I think that is that's how fires. I think of 70. Say again? You're the one putting out the fires. Right. right. Angry clients. Shipment didn't make it. Uh, there's, there's a, um, you know, it was supposed to be there on Friday. It's not going to be there until Tuesday. You're the one that's to put out that fire. Yeah, let's 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 take an example. I mean, the way that we've designed our partnership in the Whale Club, and maybe this is oversharing. I don't know. I don't really care. Um, Nick and Dan are our business partners. You mm-hmm. and I in that business, right? And we've divided the responsibilities towards you and I are the very active side of the business. It's right. our responsibility to run the the calls, to manage the community, to bring the investors in, uh, and because of that, we're taking seventy percent. Nick and Dan have 30%. They play more of a uh, silent partner. I wouldn't say necessarily silent, but it's their role to support. Their advisory. Correct. Now, of course, they have tons of resources. They have tons of things like that, but it's not their responsibility to make day-to-day decisions. It's not their responsibility to put out fires. It's not their responsibility to do any of that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's ours. Right. And, there's their, and it's their resp- it is their responsibility to call it stupid or, you know, right. or if we're acting like a-holes, according to, you know, Dalla. Don't act like an a-hole. It's their responsibility right. to point out <laughs> we're violating our own principles. And so there's there's just there's a lot more upside clearly for us in this business at seventy mm-hmm. percent. But we're going to take on more risk, more responsibility, more uh, you know, just more activity. We're driving the, the car. Exactly. Yeah. You know so. One of the reasons why we've decided to take 70% is because we're looking for an upside play, mm-hmm. right? Whale Club is our upside play. And that contrasts very differently from their role in the business where they're not necessarily looking for the upside play. They've already got their upside plays. Mm-hmm. They're looking for a more reliable play, one where their risk is a lot lower their time and their energy is a lot lower, but they still share in a lot of the benefit. Well, I mean, you look at, you know, for them, and again, maybe we're sharing a little too much here, right? We're not their only partnership, right? They've got CCA and they got a bunch of graduates and they've decided to invest in some of the CCA grads' uh, business venture. So for them, 30% is the reliable model in that if they got 30% in multiple ventures, there's going to be upside in one other one or two or more of those, right? So they're placing multiple bets, knowing that one, two, or more are going to blow up. Yeah. All right. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So let's talk about case in point here. Your townhome. How did this? How does the seventy thirty apply here? Well, in that case, it it was actually a result of a failed fifty fifty partnership. Um. So when we got into a, the first deal I ever did with uh, this guy named Hassan, he's a close friend of mine and business partner, we actually had a 70-30 deal. And I had 70% of the deal. He had 30%. He actually, it was, this, was the, this was the last pop top that we did. Uh, if you're familiar with the stuff that we do, with, with what I do, it's, it's the one in Sloan's Lake that we did. And 
you know, I had I had 70% of this deal and he had 30. His role was essentially to manage the contractor, basically. You know, I was the one that raised the money. Actually, he found the deal and his role was to manage this contractor. Well, we got into the deal and the contractor that we were going to work with completely just like it was very incompetent. We had to let them go. And, you know, that happens. Uh, but Hassan had to step in and it was very clear that he was going to be doing a lot more work than was originally intended. So we basically evened up. And, you know, I was like, yeah, I get that the 70-30 thing was what we decided on at first, but there was a lot of resentment with that, mm -hmm. right? He was, he resented the fact that I was making so much more and not really having to do any of the day-to-day -day stuff. So we, we evened it up basically towards more of like a 50-50 partnership, um, which still caused resentment throughout the process, right? Where it was like, but Paul, you didn't even find the deal. And you haven't been on site managing any of this stuff. Why the heck should I give you 50%? And so we had to fix that, right? We had to fix that going forward because that's not a, that it, it was perfectly clear in that case in point why there was resentment because I didn't deserve that. Mm -hmm. Now I'm an excellent negotiator, right? So that's why I got it in the first place. But what I realized is if I want to preserve this long-term, if I want to prevent bad things from happening in this relationship, I've got to align better with this 70-30 model. So this new townhouse project that we, we went and got, I've got 30%, right? Why? Because all my role was to raise the equity. We raised about $2.5 million for it. I'm signing on the debt with these two other uh, guys, Nate and Hassan. Uh, but because they found the deal, because they're going to do the majority of the work, they should get the majority of the upside. Yeah. And that completely changed how we approach each other in business. There's no more resentment. It's very clear that Paul is a major as a, as a minority partner in this. Uh, but I still get a lot of benefit from this right. because I don't have to do any of the work. And now we don't, I shouldn't say don't do any of the work. It's their responsibility. We've set very clear expectations up front, who's doing what, and we've aligned our partnership with those responsibilities. Yeah. So if someone's listening here, right, they might ask the question, they're playing, you know, devil's advocate or uh, investor frame. Is that the question here? Is that the way, would you call it right? No, that's a, the spec. Skeptical frame, right? We're going to apply the skeptical frame. But Paul, can't we do a 50-50 if we set all the expectations clearly? Well, there's this is uh, you're never going to catch me saying that there's a right or wrong way to do anything, right? Because a lot of this is preference-based. Mm -hmm. Now, if you're willing to take on that middle of the barbell risk where like maybe it does go really well, I think all I'm trying to say is that my experience and the experience that we've learned from from other people who have you know, launched multiple businesses is that 50-50 rarely works. Mm -hmm. I think that's evidence in a lot of failed business relationships, a lot of failed you know, friendships and marriages because you know, it's really tough to align with a 50-50 thing where everybody's got to pull the exact same amount of weight because that yeah. just rarely happens. Well, I can say you know, in doing this for almost 16 years now and – whether in my own business partnerships or in me counseling other partnerships, what we've found consistently is that you can both go in with the best of intention, right? Very clear expectations. 
but it almost always occurs. Even if both sides are pulling their weights, we have this story that we tell ourselves because we see everything we do and we don't see what they do. And there's also, you know, it's just natural human behavior. If I screw up, I can explain it. If you screw (laughs) up, I can justify my mistakes all day. I'm just human. (laughs) But if you make a mistake, it's like, what was Paul thinking? Why, Why didn't he think about that? Well, you know, it's uh, I can't believe Paul did that again. You know, well, there's a there's a quote that I and I'm just trying to trying to remember it. But it's like I forget who says it, but we judge ourselves by our intentions mm-hmm. and we judge others by our actions. I mean, the best example of that is like think of yourself in the in a in a car, right? You're driving home from work and somebody darts into your lane. and You're like you flip them the burn and you're like, screw that guy, you know, and you get really upset. But then when you have to, you know, oh, I almost missed my turn and you've got to jump over real quick. Well, you've got a great you've got a great excuse, a great reason why I had to do this because I have to explain where I'm going. Yeah, you can explain that. So we judge others Mm -hmm. by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. Exactly. So Um, that's why 50 50 generally not never, but I would say less than 15 percent of the time work out. And it's probably 15 is probably kind of high. Right, and it's because even if you both operate with the best of intentions, there's still always that man. I'm always working late. He's never working late, or you know, um, I have to take care of these things. He never has to deal with the difficult clients. How come I have to deal with the difficult clients? No matter what, it, it there's always not always, but there's very often times I'm doing all the hard work, and they're taking care, and they're just doing like the easy stuff. Mm-hmm. Where have you seen this show up in your life and your businesses? Well, like I said, you know, the very first one was my with all my friends, right? Like my three best friends, uh, we were buying, we were flipping properties. Well, actually, here, I'll, I'll give you another example, right? This same exact partnership. So we bought a property in Munns Park. That's about an hour and a half, two hours north of here. We bought it to flip 2006-ish, around that time, Right. And then the market starts slowing down. You've heard this story. And my friends are like, well, you know, we should probably just turn this into a rental and just wait the market out, (laughs) right? And I'm like, no, we bought this property to flip. If we're only going to make 15K and we're splitting 15K four ways, I get it's not a lot of money. But if we bought it to flip, let's continue flipping it. Well, I'm 25%. So my vote doesn't, it's not that it doesn't matter, but I'm outvoted, right? So we turn it into a rental. VRBO was very, very new in 2009, VRBO.com. So one of the two guys is consistently dealing with VRBO, emailing potential vacation rental people. The other one was always dealing with the cleaners because there were no systems. There's no Airbnb processes like there are today. In 2009, we had to consistently manage an actual cleaner from 100 miles away. It was not an easy process. And so we'd have our monthly meetings. How are things going? And resentment was consistently the top issue. How come I'm dealing with VRBO? How come he's dealing with the vacation rentals? And Steven, this other guy over here, 
are just kind of chilling. It's like, well, what do you want me to do? <laughs> I can't. You guys are doing the two things that have to be done, right? And so there was that cons consistent resentment. Um, Brewer method, you know, we talked about like uh, we are. Uh, I have equity in that company, right? When we started it, it was a 50-50, right? It became pretty clear, pretty evident, right? Eric's obviously the genius, right? So it became pretty immediate. It's like, does Steve really have 50% of this company? So we had a conversation, and we agreed, right? It was an amicable agreement. Like, we had a conversation, like, hey, here's what I have to do on my end to service this. What do you do on your end? It's like, hey, I'm totally good with this. We want to adjust ownership. I totally get where you're coming from. I don't feel like I'm bringing much more than, or you're the expertise and you're having to deal with fulfillment. I totally get it. Right. So we renegotiated. And for that situation, friendship was far, far more important to me than like fighting for like the 50% ownership. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's good, man. And it's okay to change your mind. Right. Yeah. I, I get it. I, I'm sure that there's a lot of people listening to this. If you're like Steve and I, I mean, we've done this many, many, many times. Yeah. And, you know, I think it's okay to go back to your partner and say, I'd like to give you more equity in this business because it's clear that this is not aligned. Or mm -hmm. actually, I think I'd like to take more in this business because I think that we're just not aligned. Mm -hmm. um, and, <clears throat> and I think those are two excellent examples. And let's think about the barbell too. How many of us are trying to pack one side of the barbell or the other while, while ignoring the other side? Like it's okay to take less in a business because the, you're setting the expectations that like, this is your job to run the ship, to make the decisions. And you're clearly pulling more weight. So I would rather align myself with the 30% side of the business. Once I understood that and I said, well, what are my upside plays yep. and what are my reliable plays? You know, for example, in my, in my townhouse project, in this relationship I have with these two guys, it's an upside play for me. But what I needed is to take risk off the table in my upside play. It's pretty risky to take down 18 townhomes. Well, if you're going to, if Paul's going to go and flip to 18 townhomes, given his history of flipping properties, pretty risky play. Exactly. <laughs> right. So I needed to align better with my actual role in that mm -hmm. business. It's the same thing with a, a business that we just spun off uh, uh, called Bunny Hill Builds. Mm -hmm. And my project manager, uh, because we're not doing as many flips and as many of as much volume in terms of projects and things like this, uh, we said, well, well, how can we still bring in revenue? I wanted to make sure that he's uh, supported and that he's got a business. Well, there's a perfect opportunity to, to align with the barbell again. Mm -hmm. Right. So we, we started bunny Hill builds. Now, of course I was the one that started this entire business. I was the one that brought these resources in. But I've got a lot of stuff on the 70% side. Yeah. I need some reliable things, some things that are very low downside for me. So what did I do when we started this business? He's got 70%. Now, that may not uh, – a lot of people may not necessarily agree with doing it that way. It's a preference thing. Yeah. Well, I would rather be clear this is your job to run this business. I'm here for support. I'm here to push leads to you. I'm here to support you in uh, – you know, I've got some experience in building businesses now, but it's clear that I am a passive part of this business and his job is to run the active side. Yeah. And for me, like you're looking at this, right? The 70-30 rule. Like I actually 
love this rule. I already had this a semblance, right, of, of this idea. So, like, there's a great show. I don't know if it's still active because I don't watch TV anymore. Uh, but I used to watch The Profit all the time, right? Marcus Lemonis, he'd come in and he'd fix businesses up. So, in running our real estate businesses, right, you and me and all these other things we've done, it ultimately comes down to a handful of key things. Marketing, sales, money, people. It generally comes down to these four things, right? And so one thing I'm excited about, not 2023, because 2023 is the year we focus, but maybe 2024 or 2025, is that I would like to start acquiring businesses, right? Someone that's got, just like in the profit, someone's got a good idea, they got a good business, but they know how to do that part of the business, but maybe they don't like looking at the P&L. Maybe they don't know how to lead people. Maybe they don't know how to recruit. Maybe they've got such a great product, but no one knows about it, mm -hmm. right? Whatever it is, I would love to be at some point, like I'll just bring in my group of people that are highly functional, highly trained, very competent, and they can go execute those other things. The other person can take the 70% and just do the part that they love the most. That's so good, man. Let's talk about maybe how this all plays in with the solvable problem. Yeah. You know, um, we're, we're doing a bunch of stuff, right, in business. We start doing things. We got this business. We got that business. We got this strategy. We got, you know, all these things. And ideally, we're using this stuff to, to build a life around what actually matters to us. And, you know, I've been talking a lot lately about how real estate is the tool. Oftentimes, we get very attached to this tool. Um, and it's kind of like calling your baby ugly, in a sense, being able to say, like, you know, you don't want to you don't want to admit that your decisions you know, aren't the best, weren't the best decisions. Like looking back on it, you're like, actually, I have an ugly baby here. <laughs> you know, well, is it, are you saying that kind of like, cause our business might at times look like Frankenstein cause it's been bandaided all the way up to now. Well, <laughs> could be, I think what I'm trying to say is we get so attached to like, either I had this excellent idea and I want at least 50% in the business, but it takes a lot of humility. I think to either say one, I'm going to take 70% and I'm going to give you 30 or I'm going to take 30% and I'm going to give you 70. Mm -hmm. So when I start thinking about my solvable problem and my solvable problem is that I want to get to $350,000 a year with less than 20 hours of work, very like extremely reliably. I know exactly how much it's going to put in every single week to get that result so that I can play business the same way I play pickup basketball. Now, if I'm going to play pickup basketball, it means I need a lot more 30% and a lot less 70%. So it takes in my mind a shift to say, stop trying to take the whole piece of the pie. Mm -hmm. If you want to build this, this, this ability to sort of play business, you know, yeah, what do you know about pickup basketball? I'm going to go play pickup basketball when I get done with this call. I didn't have to show up for practice this morning. I don't have to run a team. I just show up and I pick up with the guys that are there. Now, when I'm on that team, I'm playing hard, like playing to win. You have my full attention when I'm playing that game. But then when I leave the court, I don't care whether we won or lost at all. Like it has no bearing on my 
uh, emotional state, my mental state. It has none. It has none. I'm of glad that. you got that because I have a hard time when I play poorly. <laughs> it, right. Well, it takes, I'll get it takes upset, a few hours. You know, it takes a few hours I'll get to get past when we lose. Yeah, it might. It might bleed over. Actually, my wife would probably beg to differ. Every now and then, I come home and I'm, you know, I'm not ex- extremely happy about that guy who, you know, bowed me in the in the in the jaw, you know, and I'm trying to get back at him. But the point is, is like it doesn't stay very long. It's not long term. Uh, but I, I mean, just uh, just a quick aside here. Like my wife, I remember one night I was going out to play ball, right, pick up ball. And she's like, make sure you play well. I was like, oh, that's really nice of you. She's like, because I don't want to hear you whining all night. Like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> she knows your game she knows your game uh, yeah. but yeah like some people want to win a championship basketball game there's nothing wrong with that like the fact that i want to play it like a pickup game mm-hmm. is going to differ vastly i'm not you know the guy who wants to go out and build a championship team and go win the league it's probably doesn't want me on their team yeah yeah he's right? trying to win his intramural league or if he's, you know, still competing in uh, a, a semi-pro league or or uh, uh, playing in college or whatever, that guy is not even seventy percent. It's probably like ninety-nine percent. But he is all in, right? Right. Where we're saying, like, look, we want to do it, but you're not getting a hundred percent of us. Yeah, that's not that's not why I'm here. I'm here because I like to play. I like to do this and play. So. So what I'm looking at across my businesses now is how do I find more 30% opportunities? Mm-hmm. Where do they need that shooting guard who can come in and nail the game-winning three, right? And I'm going to play extremely hard in that game, mm-hmm. and I'm going to help you win that game. But when I walk off the court, like, I got other things that I'm thinking about, right. you know? Maybe I'm going to a different pickup game. Mm-hmm. And and that's, that is an extremely valuable member to certain games. It's not going to be right for everything. Right, so I like this, just on the flip side of this, right? Or saying the 70. So right now with your guys' business, right? Sometimes it might feel this resentment on a 50-50 relationship. It's like, when I'm done with our meeting, we have our weekly meeting, daily huddle, whatever. At night, I'm still thinking about the business. When I wake up, I'm thinking about the business. Maybe on the weekend, I'm thinking about the business. I got to be 70 in that one. Because I don't know if you're thinking about the same exact thing, right? When I wake up, when I go to sleep, I'm thinking about this business. I got to be 70. If you're not waking up thinking about this, then maybe you should be on the 30. Right. And you just got to know where you sit on the barbell. But there's a lot of risk in in playing in the middle, like like telling that championship team, yeah, I'll be at every practice. And yeah, I'm going to like, but that's not the case. I don't want that. What's that? You're Allen Iverson is what I'm hearing. Dude, that's that's right. I had all the Allen Iverson jerseys and shoes and stuff growing up. There's just and I think there's a lot of people who might get triggered by this. There's not a right, wrong or wrong way to play business. I'm Mm -hmm. not saying that there is. You don't have to like the way that I play. Maybe I'm not the right fit for you on your team, you know? Um, So, yeah, that that's I think the concept of the 70 30 is you've got to align either. I want 70 percent because there are some some games where I'm trying to win the championship. Like mm-hmm. that's what whale club is for me. Yeah. That's what, that's what a lot of my real estate ventures are. I'm choosing to play this game and by God, we are going to win or your piece of land. Right. <laughs> that's a whole, that's a whole different can of worms. Um, I'm not sure that that one's going to be exactly what I want because I don't know if we can do like, it's a whole problem with water. I don't know if I can get water out there. Uh, if the permits, you know, so 
all sorts of interesting deals there. But, but yeah, like I love playing and chasing those types of deals down. I like looking at them. Mm -hmm. Um, and if I'm going to do that and spend my time on it, if I'm going to spend a lot of time and energy on it, I want at least 70% of that business. Yeah. uh, That makes total sense. So, um, guys, you know, again, these are the kind of things we talk about all the time in the whale club, right? So, you know, we are, we're meeting every Wednesday. We're all getting more certainty within our real estate business. So if there's something you guys are interested in finding out more about, go to realestatecertainty.com, check out the, the wait list inside the YouTube descriptions. So to see, you know, if you want to be part of our community, we got amazing, amazing engagement. I actually shared with, I actually texted Paul a couple nights ago. I was like, hey, that was an awesome, awesome meeting. There was a lot of engagement there. We didn't really get to <laughs> discuss some things that we want to discuss because we, our community is so engaged and that's such an awesome, awesome situation to be in. It's hard to fight these battles alone, you know? I think that there's, there's, a, there's a lot of power in you know, community, you and I sit here and we talk about a lot of stuff on these, on these episodes. And mm-hmm. we, we really appreciate the people who continue to listen to all these things that we're saying. What we found was that like un- hearing these concepts, you might have an intention, but do your actions actually reflect this, right? That's the gap that we're sort of talking about earlier. We judge others by, you know, their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions. And so there's this big gap between, well, yeah, I get all this stuff, barbells and 70-30 and solvable problem. That's all really cool. And I understand it. The question is, but do your actions align with that? Mm -hmm. Are your businesses set up this way? Are you getting closer or are you chasing more? What we found is it really takes a community of people who not only understand these, the language that we're using, but that can support us through this process and can point out and be like, I know you said this is what you wanted, but this is what I'm seeing your actions are, mm-hmm. right? And there's a gap there. What are we going to do about closing that gap? Yeah, I love that within the community, we're sharing our journey, but also calling out some instances where maybe there's some misalignment between actions and intention um yeah. another thing too you know just going back to 70 30 here's where i think is probably the most um potentially uh most frequent situations where i see partnerships not work out so i'm a newer person i'm gonna, i'm a go-getter i'm a hustler i'm gonna i'm a fighter i'm gonna go out there and do business paul is my rich friend hey paul i'm getting real estate you got money i got drive Let's do a 50-50 partnership. Paul's like, cool. You do all the work. I'm good being the money. We'll do 50-50. That works great. First five deals, first 10 deals, maybe the first year. What happens after business becomes successful? Money, the money partner, is no longer as important. What always happens then? Well, Paul, I know you brought the money, but we don't need your money anymore. Mm. What are we going to do here? And so what I see a lot of times, it either turns into 70, 30, 80, 20, or the business dissolves. But, you know, if you start the relationship, hey, Paul, I know you got a lot of money. All I need is, you know, kind of time I'm going to say, hey, I need your money. We're going to do some deals together, right? If you're cool being the money, I'll do everything else. You don't have to worry about anything else. You don't have to be in the meetings, right? This is how we're going to run the business. We don't have to have this conversation again later on. 
And actually, in a lot of situations, you know, we do uh, private money or hard money because hard money is freaking cheap in Phoenix. I don't understand why it's so cheap, right? But in situations where we say, hey, look, instead of doing hard money or private money, how about you fund the deal, I'll do everything, we'll split proceeds 70-30. That, for what, from what I've seen, is the most common joint venture model or partnership if one person's the money and the other person's everything else on a flip. I mean, think about typical syndications. That's how they're aligned. Yeah. Right? The LPs get 70% typically in the deal mm-hmm. um, because they're the ones taking all the risk. You, you see, you, when you back out and you start like looking at successful business ventures, you start seeing this all over the place. Yeah, it's pretty um, consistent. That's actually, it's funny. Yeah, you're right. Exactly. Syndications, it's very commonly 70 30. That's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, we can we can sort of finish, I think, by case, right? We talk about case all the time. Collect, analyze, strategize, execute. So the question you should probably be asking yourselves if you're listening to this is what in what do I need to collect? Do I have any resentment in my current business partnerships? Right? Let's do a little bit of a, a collection of that. Well, what business partnerships do I have? What is the feeling? Have we defined clearly roles and responsibilities? And how often are you checking back in with that? Right. We're, again, I don't want to, I don't want to sort of make this blanket statement that you should never do 50-50 partnerships. I don't believe in blanket statements. I don't believe in absolutes like that. However, we have seen over time that with new business relationships, oftentimes the first question we need to ask is how do I prevent bad things from happening? So ask yourself if you have that resentment at all, or even if you don't have it, how do I prevent it from happening? And consider aligning with this 70-30 rule. Again, it's, it's, it's not something to be taken every single time, but it's worked well for me and it's worked well for Steve in the past. It's worked well for syndications. It works well in most cases, right? So, so ask yourself, do you have any resentment in these partnerships? And then, and then consider aligning with, well, how do we define the rules so that it fits on my barbell and my solvable problem? Because there's some things that I want 70% in, and I'm going to play those games hard. That's my championship team, right? And we're going for the championship. You shouldn't really be doing a business venture if you're not trying to win. Yeah. I don't, I don't think, right? And then maybe there's plenty of stuff in your life where you want to play business as a sport. And maybe you don't want to run this championship team. You just want to be a contributor. You want to come off the, you know, come in, take that shot when, you know, again, pack those full, but, but make sure that you're setting those clear expectations with your partnership that like, Hey, I'm going to take 30% of this business. Here are the things that I can provide to you, but your job is to run the show. Your job is to make the decisions. I'm here as a support role in a minority partnership position yeah no i think those are all great points and just again you know for my own situation you know like uh, with my three best friends our solution when there was resentment was let's just sell off all the properties shut everything down and we'll part ways and we'll be happy Mm -hmm. right fortunately it was not an existing business because it was just rental properties but what was it I reserve the right to change my mind, right? 
if, the, if it's not going the way you want it to go, there's nothing wrong with opting out. Right. Nothing wrong with opting out. Yep. So, all right. So, again, you know, hopefully you guys got value here. Uh, please, you know, share your six-word update. Digest this. It's easy to just listen. The hard thing is to sit back and reflect. So reflect. Go to the comments. Put in a six-word update. Love to hear from you guys what your experience is in this scenario. And we'll see you guys. Yeah, Steve, just, just one second. So yeah. this the six-word update, I think I want to make sure I'm clear on what that is. Oftentimes, sure. for example, we, we listen to a podcast or we listen to a presentation, or we listen to somebody telling us some level of information. I can promise you that if you listen to it this far in, in about a week, you're going to forget 90% of what you heard here. So the six-word update is a way for you to like collect your thoughts on what you heard in six words or less. right? So we ask you guys, please, Leave us your six-word updates. It's the takeaway that you got from this podcast. It helps you like articulate yourself in a very concise manner because that's what you're going to take out of this. You're not going to take the monologues that we've given you know, in this, in this podcast here. You're going to take away your six-word update, and it forces you to articulate what you've learned. So again, that's why we encourage you guys to do this six-word update because it's challenging and it's what's going to take, it's the, it's the small percentage of what you heard that you're going to actually take with you. Yeah, absolutely. The best way to remember the information here is to sit down, think about it, get it concise, that six-word update, and you can always, not just remember it, but you can always look back to it at a later date. All right, perfect. So we'll wrap up here, and then we'll see you guys next week on the next episode of Certainty Talks. Bye, everyone. <laughs>